0: let me get one second here y'all sorry just want to make sure that I'm up and running beautiful okay welcome to the Beware the Moon podcast my name is Hannah and I'm the host of this podcast you can't see very very well but I've got my ugly Christmas sweater on mine's a Godzilla version of the ugly sweater Uh, today I'm gonna be talking about gremlins first before I do that I want to say I'm still sick so I apologize on that Uh, I'm probably gonna cough at some points need to clear my throat like that at some points but I've been sick for like five days six days maybe And I'm very sick of being sick and doing nothing, so I'm doing the podcast review anyway. I'm also not- I'm also sick of not talking about this movie because tis the season, man. Um, talking about Gremlins today, like I said, love, love, love this movie. Childhood favorite of mine, um, absolutely terrified me when I was a child, um, but I do have a- a a fondness of this movie because of that, um- I'd also like to say, second of all, uh, sorry for those of you who are listening to this recording. I'm going to be recording this, and I'm going to be putting it on Spotify. So if you're listening to it on Spotify, the podcast, instead of watching it on Rumble or on YouTube, I apologize again uh, because you're not going to get the live chat stuff. So if anyone does jump into the chat, um, you won't be getting that. But the easy fix to that is go to Rumble. Just join Rumble. Just go over there even. And, uh watch it. So yeah, uh, talking about Gremlins, which came out in 1984, um, it is the third highest grossing film from that year. The first being Ghostbusters, second being Temple of Doom, uh, third is Gremlins, as I said, and then fourth was actually Karate Kid. So a wonderful year for movies in general. Um, this movie did exceptionally well, um, especially compared to how they thought thought it was going to perform they did not expect the explosion that came after gremlins because you had you know it's a horror film uh, and it's about christmas and then you had temple of doom coming out you had karate kid you know no one really anticipated the sort of excitement that came afterwards especially for um, gizmo and stripe Um, but they very quickly became uh, basically uh, a zeitgeist sort of, like, uh, cultural phenomenon of the time. Um, you were getting, everybody wanted gremlins food for nightmares. Yep. Definitely. Hello, Tico. Hope you're having a good one. Um, but as, essentially they were not prepared for all the merch that they needed. They, they weren't expecting people wanted, you know, gizmo toys, gizmo plushies. They were shoving that shit into McDonald's. Happy Meals so fast. Um, but, this was extremely unexpected this movie made quite a bit of money in the box office like i said third highest grossing of the year and especially compared to the budget it was allotted so this was a steven spielberg produced movie notably this was one of his three movies that helped pg-13 become a thing um the three movies that Uh, really prompted the rating board to make PG-13 where number one was Temple of Doom, number two was Poltergeist, and then number three was Gremlins, all Spielberg-related films. Um, So Spielberg's got that under his belt too, you know? Not just, I'm a great director, great producer, you know, I invented PG-13 on accident, you know? Um, But this movie... um, like I said, it was very, very popular at the time. They had actually the original script and the original writing for this film was a lot darker and a lot gorier. Uh, For instance, Joe Dante notably talks about how they, in the original script, had the dog's head cut off by the gremlins and they bounce it down the stairs um, during that sequence where the gremlins first hatch. Um, But because of budget constraints, they couldn't do that, Um, which... Kind of, part of me is like, thank goodness. And then part of me wants to see that more, like that darker, grimmer, gorier version of Gremlins. However, I love this version of Gremlins as it is. And I think it's an excellent horror segue for children. So I can't complain too much about that. And I wouldn't push for that. Um, Gremlins 2 took an entirely different approach to Gremlins 1. Um, gremlins 2 is much more of a comedy it's um, very much making fun of the first gremlins in a way which a lot of people did not take well Um, it did miserably in the box office compared to the first gremlins and then also the reviews of it were not great but i think once you have the mindset of it's more satirical than horror um it's it's a good watch it is a good watch um and basically the So this movie came out in 84, Gremlins 2 came out in 90, even though they wanted to greenlight a sequel right off the bat. They couldn't because Joe Dante was very disinterested. Um, He did not want, he didn't, he just didn't want to do Gremlins. Like he didn't want to do another one. He was very fed up. Gremlins, how late am I? Not that late, Tan. Not that great. Not that late. We're just, we haven't gotten into the storyline or anything, we're just talking about the background of the movie so far. Um, so, the, Gremlins 2 did not get made until 1990, um, which is a very big gap between the two, and like I said, it only happened because Joe Dante didn't want to do a Gremlins 2. However, Warner Brothers was like, we will give you f- total creative freedom. Um, And Joe Dante talks about how he wanted to have individualized gremlins for this film, but because of the budget constraints, they couldn't afford to do that. Um, So they used the same puppet model over and over and over again and dressed it up with different makeup, different, you know, different costume sort of related things instead of giving them a complete different look. However, with Gremlins 2, they were like, we'll give you enough budget to just do whatever gremlins you want to do. And then that. Key and Peel skit notably happened, basically, is what happened. Um, and then we have, you know, Shockwave Gremlin, and we have Gargoyle Gremlin, and then we have the Super Smart Gremlin, and Gremlins 2 is just a lot more satirical because that's the direction Joe Dante wanted to take it. Now Christopher, now Chris, sorry, not Christopher, he goes by Chris, Chris Columbus, who was the writer for the original Gremlins, was not involved with Gremlins 2 and did not like the direction Joe Dante took Gremlins 2. Chris Columbus, um, for those of you who don't know, he directed, I think, Sorcerer's Stone and maybe a couple other Harry Potter movies. Um, And then, of course, he wrote for this. Um, He's writer, director, very much well-known. This was kind of his stepping stone into those things. So he very much wants a Gremlins 3 to happen. He says he's already got a script written. They just need to get everything kind of consolidated and put together and pushed forward. And since I was in high school, they've talked about Gremlins three. Um, so, you know, they maybe it'll happen eventually. It's not set in stone right now. Um, so n- nothing is set in stone, and they might say no this year. They might say no the next year, the year after, for the next decade, two decades, three decades. But then suddenly decide to do it. Like it's never, it's never a. A no end completely in Hollywood. Once someone else gets the rights, once it moves, you know, things shake up in Hollywood all the time, so you never know what's going to happen. They might say yes, and then next year it gets canceled because, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, right now would be an excellent time for Gremlins, though, um, just because of the fact of, first of all, Gremlins is Gremlins. You've still got your original audiences alive. Then you've got their kids, like me, who... Uh, ate this stuff up as kids you've got a lot of nostalgia for the 80s going right now so gremlins three would be i mean within it would be ideal to get it out within the next maybe three years um not that that's going to happen but that's just kind of my take on it um this movie like i said was directed by joe dante if you don't know who that is he directed the howling which is a werewolf film um and this was notably after the howling because you can see there's a smiley face on the fridge and i'll talk about what scene you can you can see it in um but there's the smiley face from the killer from the howling in this movie because joe dante kind of likes to do callbacks like that um this this movie is just it's a good movie um it's a lot of fun it's not gory um it's very tense still um like I said it's kind of like a segue horror for children um personally when I was a kid I loved it and I also hated it like I remember my parents had this really large closet and it was very like deep um and I would get really scared at night of the dark run into my parents room hop into bed with them and I would just stare at that closet like if I see one shadow move, I'm going to lose my shit. Like, I, I just, I was like, I did, like my kid, I would not think them Gremlins. Yeah, and my parents, my parents didn't show me Gremlins. It was my grandma that showed me Gremlins. Uh, my mom's very against horror. Um, like, I tried to convince her to go see Five Nights at Freddy with me, and she wouldn't do it. She was like, I don't, I don't think I can handle it. She is not horror- centric at all um my dad likes horror but it's kind of like um it's not like an obsession like it is with me kind of obsessive about it but um anyway my nana was very much like that so she's the one who showed me poltergeist as a kid she's the one who showed me gremlins she's the one who let me watch alligator and ben and willard and all those things um so she's kind of the reason why i am the way i am um all that stuff said, though, I'm gonna get into the meat of the movie. We start off in Chinatown, and we get Rand Peltzer kind of talking about, "Oh, this is my story," blah blah blah, which I think is kind of unfair because <laughs> he's not there for the big bulk of the worst of the Gremlin stuff, the Gremlin shenanigans. He's out of town, but anyway, he he's trying to sell the bathroom buddy. And the bathroom buddy is this brick, essentially, of different gizmos and gadgets you would need in a bathroom. It's got, like, a shaving mirror. It's got a razor. It's got a toothbrush, toothpick. And I love bathroom buddy. Whenever someone says bathroom buddy, I always think about this specifically. Uh, Usually I hear that in relation to, like, a pet. Uh, Mine follow me everywhere. So they're my bathroom buddies. But then I think about bathroom buddy. And no one else knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, So he's trying to sell the bathroom buddy. This kid somehow convinces him to go to his uncle's shop down in Chinatown, so that's where Rand is, and he's trying to sell, um, trying to sell the bathroom buddy to this old Chinese man who's very, he doesn't look interested at all in it, but, uh, as he's doing that, he can hear some weird sounds and some singing, so he's like, what is that? And he goes to investigate. I'm gonna a minute. So the girls get wet. Yeah. And it's so strange, too, because So, I'll get to that in a second. Hang on. So, uh, Bran's like, I gotta buy this thing. This thing in a box. We don't get to see it yet. Um, and the grandpa's like, it's not for sale. The kid's like, nah, it's for sale. Just, just go wait outside. So basically this kid takes his uncle's living creature pet and sells it to this random stranger that he found on the street and... Speaking of gremlins, we got one right here. That's right. That's right. Let's go. Gremlins in the chat. Gremlins it up, guys. Um, but I was like, it, it, like as an adult now that I'm thinking about it, like I would be pissed if I was the grandpa. Like that's my pet. <laughs> that's why I don't take showers, Tico says. <laughs> oh, he said I. Mm, not about that bubbling, bursting mini Ticos everywhere. We just don't need that. <laughs> One is good enough. <laughs> um, but as the kid's giving him the Mugwai is what it's called. Um, he tells him it has three rules. You know, you can't feed him after midnight. No bright lights. Uh, don't get it wet. Um, and I've looked this up for other reasons. But Mugwai is actually a type of demon in Chinese mythos. Um, and the reason for the rule about them not getting wet is in the mythos, Mugwai mate in the rain so i don't understand what the bright light thing is like where that came from or the don't feed them after midnight but that's at least we get we know where they got the idea of don't get them wet from um so we get the title card at that point we get this cute little picturesque snowy town um called kensington falls and we get rockin ricky rialto on the radio who just i don't know like in my brain it's he's like a staple. Rockin' Ricky, if you don't know Rockin' Ricky. I don't know. Just is a great reference for whatever reason. And you do see, like, there's a billboard of him. Isn't it M O E. how do you spell the second part? This is also part of ancient European culture. That's interesting to know. Um, Mogwai. Yeah, junior has got the right spelling. M-O-G W-A-I. Um, but, and I also know that because I named one of my cats Mugwai. (laughs) But, um, Rockin' Ricky, you see, like, a billboard of him, and it's an Indiana Jones reference, which I think is hilarious, because, like I said, this is a Spielberg movie. The reason Spielberg didn't take it on himself is, I think... He was he was already tied up with something else at the time. Like I said, Temple of Doom came out same year, so I think that's what happened. He was directing Temple of Doom, busy with that. He still wanted to get this done, so he pushed it to Joe Dante to direct. Um, but he did have a lot of say in the movie, um, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, So, as we're getting introduced to this town, we're seeing different townsfolk. One of them is the sheriff. He's showing up to the Christmas tree farm. I mean, pronunciation is a long O, not a short U. Mugwai. Mugwai, yeah. Mugwai. No, long O. Mugwai, like Mugwai. I don't know. I know in the the movie they pronounce it Mugwai perhaps there's a different pronunciation in real life i mean it's not like this is also 1984 so it's not like they just can google it and get the pronunciation off google um i know there was a movie what was it it's called the last winter that uses the wendigo as like it's bad guy but all the mythos for it all of the it's completely wrong and I was like, y'all don't have an excuse, because at this time, it's like 2003, you, you've got access to some kind of information. Like, don't play games with me. But, yeah, 1984, they can't really Google it, so they go with Mugwai. Um, so we we see there's, at the tree farm, there's this cheap-ass sheriff who's, like, trying to basically beg for a tree off of the guy who owns the tree farm. And not even, like, beg for it, as in, like, please you know the guys would like one he's like oh they'll probably go bad anyway like you're just he's just being an ass about it uh and then of course we get to billy who is our main character his bug won't run his volkswagen um so he's like he's just got to get out and walk to work the word mugwai is a transliteration of the cantonese word blank meaning monster evil spirit devil or demon in chinese culture yes that, and that's, like, that's the Chinese. I don't know what mugwai are in the European mythos. Uh, that is not English as difficult. Thank you, Tico. Thank you. Yeah, unless it's a European word and then I got it, like, right off the bat. Like, I'll I'll, I'll nail that. Uh, you you want to give me some, like, weird guttural thing to pronounce, like, Welsh? I got you. But, yeah, Chinese, any of that stuff, like, that's... It's too pretty for me to be able to pronounce it easily. Um so we've got billy who's like i said his bug won't run so he's got to get to work he gets out he walks in the snow mr futterman shows up and he's a reoccurring character in both gremlins and in gremlins 2 um which is notable because of what happens to him later in this film he does survive um and it's he's played by good old dick miller nice christmas sweater thank you you wrong it's godzilla um so Dick Miller is in this film, and for those who don't know Dick Miller, he's kind of like a notorious sort of B movie um, horror actor. Um, he's he's great. He's he's very great. Um, but he's talking to he's talking to Billy about all oh, these foreign machines. You can't trust them. You know, you, you get they get gremlins up in there. Uh, it, it's so funny because Billy doesn't mean to. Um, but he kind of just brushes him off and takes his dog with him to work. Um, and Barney is literally like such a good boy. Um, he just follows Billy so happily. Like they pass so many people and the dog doesn't give a shit about any of those people. He's just walking with Billy. And I was like, this dog is so well trained, especially like, I mean, like in the movie, yes, but I think mostly as an actor dog, he's well trained. And this dog's name is Mushroom in real life. Um, so RIP Mushroom, you are a great actor like when they throw a walk at a wall emphasizing certain sounds it is but it's also like there's a certain way you have to do it with yeah it Chinese is kind of complicated it's the second most complicated aside from English um but Billy works at a bank which I think is weird to take your dog to work if you work at a bank um but he like hides Billy under the or uh, he hides Barney under the counter and ties him up under the counter so it should be all fine Um, And as he's sitting down, this girl comes up to him and is like, hey, can you sign this petition? He's like, what's it for? And she's like, we're trying to get Dory's tavern established as a landmark so that Mrs. Deagle can't take the lease from him. She's saying that it's an eyesore. And, you know, she just wants to basically put this guy out of business. And we see the devil or we hear of the devil before we get to see her. And that's, of course, Mrs. Deagle. What bring your kid to work day when some of your people... Some of you people that own animals is kids, That's true. But I would never... I would never take my dogs to work. They'd be fucking ridiculous. Barney is such a good boy until Miss Deagle shows up. But uh, Miss Deagle, we see right away that she's a bitch. She's carrying around the snowman's head. um, And as she's walking into the bank, she gets stopped by a mom and her two kids. And it's very obvious that the mom is, like, trying to get, like, an extension on some kind of lease... And Miss Deagle basically is like, well, you know, to ask for Santa for Christmas. And you're like, wow, what a fucking asshole. (laughs) Um, So she goes into the bank uh, and she cuts everyone in line, puts the snowman's head on the counter in front of Billy and is like, this is what your dog did to my snowman. And he was like, well, just tell me how much, you know, I owe you and I'll pay it. And she was like, I don't want your money. I want your dog. And he was like, why What are you going to do to my dog? And she's like, I'll take him to the pound and I'll have him put down. And then she's like, or I can catch him myself and I'll put him in my dryer on spin cycle. And I was like, like, like as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, if someone came to my place of work and threatened to kill my dog, I, I, I would not be able to control myself. They would get threats back. Um, and they'd be 15 times worse. Um, I, I would not be as calm about it as Billy is, um, Barney takes it the way I would take it. He unties himself and jumps over the counter and tries to kill Mrs. Teagle. What a good boy. Um, and of course, that causes a mess for Billy. You all hear Twitch. TV. Going campsite now. Deeming it artistic. That's. I did not hear that, but that's. Fucking weird. What is happening? <laughs> um. So. Um, Gerald, who is, I guess, the vice president of the bank now, he's kind of Billy's age, and he's a dick. Um, he says he's 22, bro looks 40 years old, um, they're, they go to, they're at the bar that night at Dory's Tavern, and, uh, Kate, who's also their co-worker at the bank, is there, she's like, hi, Mejia she's basically like, yeah, I volunteer here so he doesn't have to pay someone, but I just kind of wait the tables and, you know, she just makes tips and that's it. And I was like and I think that's so nice, like it's just so sweet. Uh, But Gerald's obviously trying to hit on her and she's obviously not interested, which same, Gerald's clearly an asshole um, clearly full of himself and also he says he's 22 and looks 40, just there's nothing going for him really um there then we transition to home and billy's talking to his mom and it's so sad because like there's something wrong but he can't tell what it is and she's like oh miss deagle called again today and you don't know if it's about like money issues or if it's about the dog but the dad comes home and she's like let's not say anything because dad's home and it's so funny because Uh, she's watching It's a Wonderful Life on the television. And the only reason that It's a Wonderful Life, this is just a random movie fact, the only reason It's a Wonderful Life really became popular is because it was public domain. So when television started being a thing, um, they were able to get the right, they were able to get their hands on a copy of It's a Wonderful Life. And they would play that on the TV because it didn't cost them anything. So it kind of became uh it kind of became um it became a classic for people just because they would play it every christmas because they didn't have to pay for it so fun fact and that's why they're able to use it in this movie because it's been public domain for so long i think only recently like within the last like 20 years or something like that it stopped being public domain someone was able to grab the rights to it um, but that's why It's a Wonderful Life actually became popular. Uh, another thing that I need to point out is there are swords on the wall of this house and every time someone closes the front door, one of the swords falls. And that's kind of foreshadowing for later. Those are very important swords. Personally, I'd like to have swords in my house on the wall. Um, I don't think I can convince, can convince my family to let me do that though. <laughs> so dad comes home and, uh, he's like, Hey, I got a present for you. He hands it to his kid. His kid shakes it. And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. And uh, he's he's like, what is it? And he's like, it can't wait till Christmas. We got to open it now. And the dog starts barking. So the thing in the box starts barking back, which I think is really cute. Um, And I just have to point out, Barney is such a, like, confident dog. If I brought something home in a box and it started barking at them, they would probably shit themselves and run away. (laughs) I got two to four hours at any given time sleep is racist Uh, interesting trivia yeah I've got some more as we go through because I know way too much about this movie Howie Mandel is the voice of the gremlins and Mugwang. it's actually Frank Welker who um, he uh, does a lot of work as Scooby-Doo and Fred so um, again weird stuff that I know about this movie because I just know too much about this movie Um, so then the dad's like we got to turn off the lights They open the box. It's Gizmo. uh, And I love the old box that he comes in. It's like this weird old mystic looking uh, box. Just very weird. Fun fact about Gizmo is that he actually was not supposed to make it through the whole movie as his cute little self. I think, I can't remember if he was supposed to become a gremlin as well or if the gremlins killed him in the original script. However... Uh, At the time, it was kind of popular to have, like, the hero and the hero's buddy. And so um, Spielberg actually suggested that they keep Gizmo alive and let Gizmo kind of buddy up with Billy, um, which made made everyone's job 50 times harder because they originally had one puppet for Gizmo. Um, But because of Gizmo sticking around they had to make more puppets with more facial expressions, they had to get animatronic gizmos, and they were always a pain in the ass to get working, actually. I'm full of medieval weapons on the walls. That would be dope. And Lego Dimensions as well. Huh, Earl the Mugwai, then later Gremlin. Okay. Um, so, gizmo was actually a pain in the ass for the production crew um he ended up i mean it was a really good call obviously on spielberg's part because gizmo was a big reason why the movie blew up to be so big um and since gizmo was in a lot more scenes doing a lot more things um people became really attached to him and that was part of the popularity of gremlins um so good call on spielberg's part and i have to say gizmo has great pitch he does a lot of singing and his voice goes up and down Um, and Billy's kind of like playing with that. He's got like a little keyboard and he's hitting little buttons on it. And then he puts a little Santa hat on Gizmo and he goes to show him in the mirror and accident, Gizmo caca, we're getting to Gizmo (laughs) caca. So then he shows himself, he shows him in the mirror and a light hits him and he's like bright light and falls backwards. Um, and so you kind of get that they don't like bright light. Uh, the next morning, Billy goes to use the orange juicer, and the shit explodes fucking everywhere. And I love how they try to be supportive of Rand's inventions, but they're all like low key terrified of them. Um, and as the juicer is exploding, we get a tree delivery via a tree, who is actually not a tree. It's a kid in a costume, and the kid in the costume is Corey Feldman. And Corey Feldman is probably the most famous person aside from, um, aside from Dick. In this movie, um, because Corey Feldman, of course, goes on to do Lost Boys, um, he's in, uh, Friday the 13th, he, um, he's also, I mean, he's Corey Feldman, um, so he was a big staple in the 80s. He's not anymore, but back then he was very big. I mean, you get the Truffle Shuffle, fucking Goonies, you know, he was in basically a lot of those things at the time, so he's probably the most famous person from this movie, um, But he shows up as a tree. Billy is kind enough to be like, hey, you want to leave that tree costume here? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what are you going to tell your dad? And he's like, I'll just tell him some bikers took it. And I was like, I I don't approve of lying, but honestly, that's, yeah. He's having his, like, 13-year-old son deliver trees dressed as a tree. That's fucking shit, man. (laughs) Like, not only is his son free labor, free cheap labor, he's like, Also, you have to wear this Christmas... Like, this Christmas tree costume, which is... It looks super uncomfortable, and it looks super, like, detrimental to movement. Corey so went downhill to being a B-movie actor. Yeah, he did. He fell out of popularity, him and Corey Haim, both. Um, back when, I think, they they kind of, like, every... it, It blew up that they were both into drugs, and so they both kind of stopped being such good actors, and then fell out of popularity, consequently. Um... But we see that Gizmo's on the bed watching Clark Gable and is clearly impressed with him. And like, same Gizmo, same. Um, But he's sitting there watching this racing movie that Clark Gable's in, which comes back later. Haim died. It's why Feldman went to shit. I think they both went to shit before that, to be fair. Um, They were not in a lot of things before... Corey Haim died and they it was kind of it was crazy because you had Corey Haim and Corey Feldman and everybody knew them as the Corys. Um and they would be in a lot of things together just because they were friends in real life too um, and they were super popular so it kind of just all worked out for them until they both got really into drugs. Corey Haim notably more so I believe he died either from complications due to his drug use or because of his drug use directly um, meaning that he OD'd, I think. Um, that's what I think happened. Don't quote me on that; you'd have to look it up. Um, but I know he died in, at an early age because of bad choices. Um, but anyway, we've got uh, we've got Gizmo hanging out on the bed. Corey Feldman is like, "Oh, he's so cool. You know, can I hold him? You know?" And they move him from the bed to the desk. Then he wants to hold him. Then he accidentally knocks over this thing of paint brushes stuck in water and the water spills all over him and that's when we get the effects of water on the gremlins uh the skin bubbles and boils and it's very very gross which i love um i was i've honestly always been very impressed with just like the monster lore in general and then also with the effects because like a lot of the effects in this movie are really fun and really gross and they're all practical really they don't use cgi I mean it's 1984 I don't even think like if CGI exists at that time it's a very rudimentary very baby um, but Chris Columbus has said if he does a, a gremlins 3 he's gonna keep it to puppets possibly stop-motion but he's gonna use CGI not at all um, and if he does it'll be just a smidge because he really doesn't want to really, that Haim died of diffuse alveolar damage pneumonia yeah The death was ruled a natural death. That's weird. Also, I don't trust anything that comes out of L.A. County, though. The coroner's office there is... Hmm. Anyway. um, So, because of all of this, Gizmo's skin starts boiling, little tiny gremlins pop out of his back... Um, and they just, like, they're, like, little fuzzballs that slowly form into Gremlins. And like I said, it's very gross. Like, everything looks like it's covered in some kind of saliva or, like, um, like a mucus type thing, which I love. Um, and, and at this point, Gizmo, like, all the other Gremlins are there and they're like, oh, cool, there's more of them. And Gizmo just looks (laughs) so desolate. Like, the expression on his face, he looks like a 40-year-old mom. Like, a 40-year-old single mom who comes home from a rough day at work to find that her kids have destroyed her house and drank all of her schnapps. Like, she, he's just like, oh. <laughs> you're like, okay, Gizmo. So, like, right off the bat, Gizmo knows this is not good. Um, and I think that's, like, super important because I think in the one of the early drafts of the script, Gizmo was, like, uh, he was supposed to be a gremlin, um, but clearly he's got, like, a different M.O. than all the other gremlins. Um, we see Stripes, like, starts playing this little tiny, think got like, a little tiny arcade thing, and it's literally, like, this big, and it's Donkey Kong, and Stripe is playing Donkey Kong, so you're kind of like, hmm, nature or nurture, like, is he just naturally evil, or is it nurtured in him by whatever he's taking in in his environment? You know, maybe he thinks DK is, like, so cool. Um... Which I think a funny thing that I just learned from Girl Tan the other day is that uh, Donkey Kong was originally uh, supposed to be Mario's pet. Um, So I think that kind of fits really well in here thematically as well. Maybe on accident, maybe on purpose. Grotesque. That's a good word for it. Very grotesque stuff going on in this movie. Stripe spits at Gizmo. Also grotesque. It's like this nasty brown liquid. Very gross spit. (laughs) Um, you gotta be like, what are you eating? Um, but Barney and Gizmo are on the floor together and Stripe shoots this spit and it's so funny because you're like, (laughs) I just love that Barney and Gizmo are friends. They're like homies. And this is kind of when we see, oh, Barney's not homies with the new gremlins. That night, uh, we have Billy waking up. I love these breakdowns. What's up, cat dog? Dude, yeah, such a good one. Oh, fuck, what's up? cat dog <laughs> how you doing guys thank you very much appreciate y'all um i'm glad you like the breakdowns cat dog i appreciate that uh so that night we have billy waking up because he's hearing whimpering goes outside sees barney str- strung up by christmas lights i would be i would be freaking out like i'd be living i'd be like who did this to my dog i'd be like murdering people i'd be knocking on neighbors doors like i'd be i'd be going psycho Um, poor Barney, like, and they assume it was Mrs. Deagle, but they don't have any proof. The mom points out there's no snow, there's no footprints in the snow at all. Um, and Rand is like, I locked the house, so I don't, I don't really know what happened. Um, but the dad decides that poor Barney needs a little vacation, You know, Rand's like, I'm going to this convention. I'll drop Barney off at your grandma's on the way. And then I'll pick her up, pick him up on the way home. And he'll be home for Christmas. And he'll be safe is the important thing. So um, at that point, Billy decides to take one of the little gremlins to the local middle school teacher. Why the local middle school teacher? I don't know. I, I'm very confused by that. Um, Like, I would just like, I, I know this is a small town. But how do, how do you not have, <laughs> how do you not have someone more sciencey to go to than the middle school science teacher? Uh, yeah, high sailing. Uh, yeah, streaming a little early, just getting this, uh, getting the gremlins. Gremlins one done. Need an ugly Christmas sort I on it. Yeah, we're talking about the original. Gremlins 2. I, I talked a little bit about it earlier, oh fuck, but I'm okay with Gremlins 2. I think it's fun. Um you just kind of have to realize it's nothing like the original it's completely satirical joe dante took it in a completely different direction and like i'm okay with that to a certain extent hopefully we get gremlins 3 um chris columbus the original writer for first the first gremlins he didn't like the way gremlins 2 came out um because he didn't have the creative rights to it joe dante did and joe dante did what joe dante wanted um, which I think is fun and it's fine, but Chris Columbus is like, no, this isn't what I would have done with Gremlins 2, so he wants to do a Gremlins 3, which will be, supposedly it'll be a direct sequel to the first Gremlins, um, but who knows, we'll see when it happens, if it happens. Um, so Billy takes, uh, one of the Gremlins to Mr. Hansen and shows that he takes Gizmo, drops a little droplet of water pops out a new gremlin lets mr hansen keep the new gremlin um which is poor guy that's gonna be his downfall um and i i want to say the new guy seems really chill though um like him and gizmo are like talking to each other through the box that gizmo's in they're like knocking on it like talking back and forth and they seem a lot nicer than like gizmo and stripes so like I don't know if they're all like made and then just automatically hate gizmo or if it like I don't know I don't know um but that night uh Billy's walking home and drunk Mr. Futterman is at Dory's tavern Katie's trying to get him to leave and he's like how about one more beer and I'll help you clean up the place and she's like no Mr. Futterman like that's really nice but we gotta get going and Drunk Mr. Futterman is me. Like, when I'm that drunk, I'm like, nah, just one more beer. And it's like, no, 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 Hannah, go go sit down. (laughs) Big trouble, little China, Kurt Russell in it again. Hell yeah, that'd be good. Uh, But she gets Mr. Futterman out of the bar. They're about to get into into the tractor that he owns. And he starts talking about gremlins, you know. Oh, you know, gremlins they put them all up in every technology, they put them in your car, they put them in your watch, little gremlins, they just destroy everything, you know, that's what took down our planes in World War Two. and as he's going on, Kate's like, maybe you should walk home, Mr. Futterman, and he's like, you know what, Katie, okay, it's a really nice night, I think maybe I should walk home, and she's like, I think that's best. <laughs> Dope gremlin action figure, dude. I have a, I do have a a little stripe, like, it's like a paperweight that's like a, it's made into stripe. Um, rolling in the hay in the tract, rolling in the hay, is in Monarch with his son. Oh, that's cool. Kurt Russell, that guy's the man. Uh, so Billy decides to walk Katie home. They don't walk Mr. (laughs) Mr. Futterman's on his own. That drunk guy can walk his own ass home. But Billy's trying to get with Katie, so of course he's gonna walk her home. Um, And we get this, like, spiel from her about, like, Christmas seems like a touchy subject for her. um. And despite that kind of snafu, Billy still manages to, like, get a date with Kate. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm free Thursday. And he's like, you want to go on a date? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, sweet, I'll call you, blah, blah, blah. He goes home. We see that the teacher is still at the school doing experiments on the girl Lynn. And like I said, like, he's a middle school teacher. So, like, what what kind of experiments is this guy running? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so confused. Like what he, what is he doing? Like what kind of equipment does this school have? Like, it's so confusing to me. Um, but he lies to the gremlin to steal some of his blood for some kind of test. Um, and that's notable because he's like, Oh, it's not going to hurt. And then the gremlin is like, ah, because the needle is like basically twice the size of this poor little thing's arm. Uh, what's more? him Frankenstein. Be good. Monarch is, yes, a series, it is. Um, It's about Godzilla, which relates to my Christmas sweater, my ugly Christmas sweater. It's the best. It's actually the only Christmas sweater I have. Um, So we get the teacher stealing blood from the gremlin. We get invasion of the body snatchers on the TV back at Billy's house, which is good foreshadowing. Uh, and it's so funny how, like, very separated they are. Like, there's, you know, Gizmo hanging out with Barney and hanging out with Billy. And then there's all the other gremlins. Like, fuck those guys. We don't even, we don't talk to those guys. They can live on the floor. <laughs> and they they start going off and they're, like, freaking out because they're hungry. And so Billy checks the clock and it's not midnight yet. So he goes downstairs and comes back with, like, a plate of chicken wings and these are the nastiest looking chicken wings when the gremlins are eating them like I'm <laughs> I've never seen chicken wings that make me want to vomit like these chicken wings do they are disgusting looking and the way they're devouring them like I said just like a lot of saliva mucusy nastiness going on in this movie and it's great it, it just makes it so unappetizing and Billy offers some to Gizmo and Gizmo's like no so at the same time we've got uh, the teacher at the middle school. He's like, you know, eating a sandwich, and he's like, okay, good buddy, it's midnight, like, you know, see you later. He leaves the sandwich on the counter. Gremlin's like, yum, yum, just reaches out of the cage and grabs that and pulls it to him. Um, So we've got both of these gremlins eating at night. Um, And this is also one of those scenes where you can see the smiley on the fridge. Uh, That's a callback to the howling. Um, and I, I love this because, like, this rule about eating after midnight, someone was like, so when does that stop, exactly? And I was like, I mean, I would assume sunrise, but, like, I don't really know. There's no, it's just, don't feed them after midnight, but, like, that could, like, it's still after midnight, like, right now. So, I don't understand, (laughs) I don't understand, where's the cutoff with that rule? Like... Um, again, I assume it's sunrise, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's like 6 a.m. No idea. Um, so they ate. We get Gizmo saying, uh-oh. And then we get these pods. And like I said, I love that we get an invasion of the body snatchers thing going on. And then we get these pods sitting around the, the room. How are you doing with a teacher? Gremlins 2 should have been like Gremlins 1. Same casting director, same scenes. All times after midnight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, every time is after midnight at some point. Like, I, I just, I'm so confused. <sighs> oh, since Gremlins and Mogwai from this franchise are from China, wouldn't be on their t- That's the other thing. That's, the, that's another thing that I was talking about is like, what about other time zones? Like, what time zone is it? Like, is it just any time zone? Is it the time zone you're in? Like, so if it's midnight here, and then I have my gremlin here, and then I take it to California via, like, jet, and it's not midnight anymore, can I feed him then? Is that okay? Like, I'm very confused. Um, I, I need, like, I need exact specifications, please. Mr. Grandpa from Chinatown, give me, <laughs> give me the exact deets. Um, but they, they have these pods now in the bedroom. And they're these really, like, alien, and I mean, like, alien the movie-looking pods, um, which are super cool. Mom asks Billy, like, did you get him wet? And he's like, I mean, this isn't really, like, midnight ends at noon. That's literally, like, when does it end? <laughs> um, She's like, did you give him, did you expose him to bright light? Did you feed him after midnight? And he's like, well, I fed them some chicken wings, but it, I made sure. And then he looks over and he's like, now, wait a second, and he walks over there, and he sees that the cord has been cut, and he's like, what's going on? So, that is a lot of fun. Gremlins fucking knew. They knew. The coon looks like alien eggs. Yeah, this is exactly, like, it looks like the alien's eggs. Uh, cycle of the sun, of the sun, sunrise has to be cut off. That's what I'm saying, like, yeah, where's the damn facehuggers? That's literally kind of what you expect. I do think this movie, I don't know, when did uh, when did Alien come out? Hang on, now I gotta look that up. Sorry, distraction, but I wanna see when that movie came out. 1979, okay, so definitely Gremlins was very inspired, clearly from the facehugger pods, the facehugger eggs, because that's what they look like. And at school, uh, we get the same thing. The poor little gremlin's cage has to be, like, cut open because the pot is too big for the cage. Um, and the teacher, Mr. Hansen, is explaining this is the pupa stage, the pupil stage, pupa stage, whatever. And Corey Feldman's like, like, he's like, he, he's in there going through a lot of changes. And Corey Feldman's like, like, my mother. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's a little different. <laughs> um, and while they're talking about this thing, mom is at home. Mama pelt's her. She's at home making literally the nastiest looking gingerbread cookies I've ever seen in my life. Like the cookies themselves are really nicely cut, but then she chooses like this nasty yellow frosting to put on them and they just look disgusting. I would not touch those things with <coughs> a friggin' 10 foot pole, 10 foot pole, man. Like would not eat one of those. Um, she's sitting there though. She's doing her stuff. And uh, the phone rings, and I i guess Rand Pelter developed this wireless phone, and I was thinking to myself, like, man, if that motherfucker had got that thing working, dude would be rich. Um, but it doesn't work very well. And so they're just talking about, you know, just stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. How you doing, honey? You know, he's at the convention, and the shit going on in the background of this convention is fucking wild. I love it. Like, if you have not- if you've not seen this movie or or you've never paid attention to what's going on in the background of this convention, highly encourage it. Very entertaining. Are Mugwai's mammals? Do they change classifications? Mugwai's are actually... Yeah, JR's right. Technically, they're evil spirits. It's midday instead of midnight. That would make sense. That would make sense. But I don't... Like I said, I don't know. I need... I need... Mr. Chinese Grandfather. Please give me the details. So... Um, so mom's at home talking about just random stuff. She doesn't mention what happened with the Mugwai. And I love that because again, Rand starts this off saying that it's his story, but really it's not like he's not around for any of this shit. Uh, then we get, we cut to the bank and Mrs. Deagle is just a complete ass. She cuts everyone in line at the bank so she can deposit a check and it is like, I'm like, how could you just be the worst? Like, everything you do is just the worst. This lady is just the worst. And I love it. Because then what happens to her, you feel 0% bad. At school, so Billy's at work now. He's dealing with that. At school, we've got the teacher with the big pod, basically, in a box. Um, And they're watching this heart video. And that's very noticeable because as you hear the heart pumping in the video... Like, something's going on with the Mugwai and it starts beating in there. And then the box falls over and the teacher notices. And he's like, all right, everybody, let's go, let's go. You know, like, you know, have a Merry Christmas. You know, you, you want to know what I want? You know, Super Bowl tickets would be nice. Just, like, unrealistic shit, which is so funny. Um, and I have to say that Jerry Goldsmith, who is the composer for this movie, fucking nailed it. The score is amazing for this movie. Just, like, very good spot on what is a day exactly that's what i'm saying there's so many questions I'm, i I'm, I'm getting off on the tangent again because i'm like i have so many questions about midnight like what is like what i need the direct i need the directions please the 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 complete directions straight from the box i don't i don't want your watered down version i want the straight from the box directions um so the box falls over and uh, the teacher it's like still dark in the room the reel is still going and it's like an old school reel which is really really fun because it's got the projector and the light from there and the teacher pulls out I think like a Snickers bar which is hilarious Um, and he's like hey buddy like come out from under the desk you know and he's like you hear the girl going yum yum and it's so funny because I'm like that's me it's a whole mood (laughs) that I can be in um, and that's basically when the teacher gets fucked. You're like, oh my gosh. He's, he's offering the gremlin. He's, he's putting his arm so far underneath that desk. You're like, you're, you're screwed, man. And of course, he's like, you know, he gets gripped. Billy walks in literally right after. We see the teacher on the floor, not moving, with a needle sticking out of his ass. And you're like, I, I can't even blame that gremlin. I'd be pissed off about that still, too. And originally for this scene, they wanted literally like a pinhead kind of reference where Anna is gremlin where the teacher they were going to have the teacher with a ton of needles sticking out of his face but again because of uh, budget and they decided to change the tone of the movie they didn't go with that um so billy goes to use the phone the gremlin reaches up claws him and then wanders off Very notable here, the gremlin goes to eat an apple and is like, yuck, and throws it, then picks up literal glass and is like, yum, yum, and starts eating that and confirms that that's yum, yum. So gremlins would rather eat glass than apples. Um, And honestly, that's also a whole mood. What child isn't like that, you know? Uh, So Billy rushes off to the school nurse's office, and this is when we get our first look at a fully transformed gremlin. And this thing is disgusting. No more fur. It's like the slimy looking scales. So good. Just so nasty looking. Not cuddly. Just the opposite of everything that we've had so far. And I love that. So Billy freaks out. He, he realizes, oh my gosh, there's so many pods at home. So he goes to call his mom. And he's like, mom, you need to get out of the house. And she's like, what? And he's like, get out of the house. And then the phone line gets cut which is kind of funny these days because like there's no way to do that like you would have to somehow block signal um because back then you had the wire that hooked into the wall and that wire uh you know there's wires outside you know just crazy stuff back in the day that we had to deal with but the gremlin cut the wire and then immediately you get do you hear what i hear and you're like as a kid that song freaked me the fuck out <laughs> i could not handle that song <laughs> like and neither could my older brother so like as much as i couldn't handle it uh i would definitely like if we were home alone or something and like he was freaking out about something in the dark i'd be like do you he would and he would just lose his fucking mind oh <laughs> uh, and i want to say shout out to mama peltzer because she kicks so much ass in the scene she's at home the phone line gets cut She goes up to check the pods. Those things are fucked. She comes back- She stops the recording. She comes back downstairs. She's like, there's gremlins in the kitchen. And one of them is like, dives into the blender to eat all of that nasty, scary-ass Christmas song. It really is. Uh, These things, you just knock down the cell tower. Just the whole tower. Just fuck that thing up. Gremlins could do it, though, is the other thing, Girl Tan. Like, you say that jokingly, but- Yeah, so the one gremlin goes to reach in and, like, eat the frosting. She turns on the blender and blends the fuck out of his face, which is just wild. And they get away with this because they don't show the gremlin afterwards. Um, Like I said, this movie really pushed PG rating. They felt like it wasn't bad enough to be R. um, But it still shouldn't have been PG. So that's one of the reasons they created PG-13 was gremlins. Um this whole scene. So she blends that gremlin. She's got a knife in her hand. There's another gremlin across the way. She goes over and just stabs the hell out of this gremlin. There's another gremlin. He's sitting in front of an open microwave. She grabs, like, Pam spray and just sprays him until he backs up into the microwave. She- she shuts the door and turns that sucker on. And that guy fucking explodes. And it is so gross. Like- There's this gushing sound effect. It's just like exploding against the glass window of the microwave. So you get to see it. It's horrendous. And honestly, like he's only in there like maybe 10 seconds um, until he blows up, which is probably about correct. Probably would only need about 10 seconds to blow up in a microwave. Fun fact. Um, I don't know this from personal experience, but a friend of mine one time microwaved his hamster for 10 seconds trying to dry it off supposedly and it exploded like this he said and that kind of makes me want to throw up and die uh, but yeah definitely would happen so she she's like super fucking ready now she's blended chopped microwave gremlins homie grabs two knives like literally she grabs one and then goes to turn and then she's like hang on a second and grabs another knife and i was like this woman is a beast She goes out into the living room, because she's still got two more. There's five pods. She's like, we got two more of these fuckers to kill. So she goes out to the living room with these two knives. I'm gonna push this frame. It's gonna be says Logan's run. Originally, G-Rain, maybe. PG. No, no, I'm talking about PG and PG-13. Two different. Like, PG-13 in 1984 did not exist, but because of Temple of Doom, because of Gremlins, and because of Poltergeist, all three of those are related- or Spielberg-related movies. All three of those kind of pushed uh, them into making PG-13. Eat the hamster! What kind of friends Hannah has? <laughs> yeah, these are also the guys who uh, found an alligator in their pool and trapped it with pool equipment, duct-taped its mouth shut, and then swam with it for several hours before they took it out back, unduct-taped its mouth, and set it free. So. Um, anyway. So the mom she's got the two knives she's going out there we get this cool fake out with a Christmas stocking there's like something moving she stabs it open like a beast she's not even gonna like sit there and like no no no. she just stabs it open and it's just this little toy and as she's backing up we get this really cool shot of the lights in the Christmas tree and then you see the two glowing gremlin lights and then the tree falls forward on her and she's trying to fight this gremlin through the tree And it clearly doesn't work out well because Billy comes through the front door and his mom is like, the the gremlin is riding her like a rodeo horse and he's choking her with some kind of wire he found. And so Billy grabs the sword, brilliant placement of the sword, brilliant use of it, grabs the sword, cuts the gremlin's head off and it flies into the fireplace and you get this really cool shot of the gremlin's head in the fire burning up. It's amazing but of course we still have one more gremlin left. We turn, we see Stripes by the window. He uses the drapes and blows his nose like he's sad his friends died. And then he busts through the window and goes running off. Um, so at this point, like, Billy's like, oh my gosh, I gotta go after him. He grabs his mom, takes him to the doctor's house next door, and then runs after Stripe. Um, and Stripe, that motherfucker, he goes right to the YMCA And this is why TV's bad for youngins and evil gremlins because he wouldn't have known about the YMCA if he hadn't been watching TV. Fucking Billy. So he goes to the YMCA, glug gloves that shit up, jumps right into the pool, and we get this really cool... Like, I love all the effects in this movie, but the pool starts bubbling and it starts glowing... Billy runs out of there because that's just the smart thing to do at this point. He's like, I'm so under equipped for this. <laughs> he runs out of there, and as he's running out, you get these really cool, like, red and green menacing lights coming out of the YMCA. And then after this, uh, you get this slow mo- stop animation shot of the gremlins running through the snow into the town. And there's just a fuck ton of them. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is so bad. Billy goes to the sheriff because, like I said, he realizes he's under-equipped for this. Who's probably more equipped? Probably the sheriff. Just kidding. The sheriff is an asshole. We already know this. He's also drunk as a skunk and so is the deputy. And as Billy's trying to explain to him this very dire situation, he's like, are you drunk, kid? Like, bro, do you know how much alcohol it takes to start to hallucinate? A lot. And you are way closer to that than Billy is. So they don't believe him, and he's like, well, what do these things look like? And he's like, well, at first they look like this, and he's like, can we dim the lights? So he's obviously going to show them gizmo. We cut to the Futterman's house, and I have to say, Mrs. Futterman is like this cute little old lady, like so cute, so adorable. I love Mrs. Futterman. I know nothing about her. I want her to be my grandma, though. And Mr. Futterman... Complete opposite vibes in this house right now. He's on the TV trying... He's channel surfing. She's like, isn't it just the lovely marine? He's like, ugh. And he, he's trying to watch TV. Shit's not... Ha- it's not... It's not happening. So he's like, I'm gonna go check the antenna. And he goes outside, tries to check the antenna. Hears something. Goes over to his... Uh, his shed and the snowplow comes out. With the doors of the shed closed. So he runs back into his house because it's coming after him. <laughs> And he closes the doors, and he gets his wife, and they move to the back of the room, and then we get this awesome, awesome shot of the snowplow coming through the front of their house toward them, and as it's coming, he's like, there's a gremlin in my cab, and he just starts screaming, there's a gremlin in my cab, and then they just fucking fly those people over, um, and I was so sad as a kid, because I thought they died, and like I said, Mrs. Futterman's adorable, and I like Mr. Futterman, um, but fun fact they do survive gremlins too they they're there they're alive neither of them are even handicapped they're good to go man um they they help out in that movie which is great um then we get this fun mailbox scene where the the preacher is you know he's trying to send some, this preacher's trying to send mail and the mailbox keeps spitting the mail out and he's like what the hell so then someone comes up someone else comes up and he's like oh trying to mail something and he's like yeah and he's like be my guest so he goes to stick his hand in there and the gremlins grab it and then we get a fun scene where they're fucking with the street lights and they they turn them all green so everybody goes at once and of course they're like hey, it's so good and then we flash back to the sheriff's station where gizmo is, is trying to convince them that the situation's serious billy's trying to convince them that the situation is serious. The sheriff and the deputy are not believing that shit. Um, but then the sheriff gets a call about some freak accident at the Futterman's with a snowplow. And Billy's like, it's the creatures. I'm telling you. And he's like, go home, kid. Open your Christmas presents. I'm an adult. I know what's going on here. Go sit down. <laughs> and then he, they get in their car and they go to leave. We cut to what the gremlins are doing again. And we get... Mrs. Deagle, the front of Mrs. Deagle's house, and it's like Deagle Estate, and it has her hours on there. She's open for one hour a day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> and it's the stupidest time. It's like 10 15 to 11 15 is when she's open. <laughs> it's, I'm like, what a bitch. It's so inconvenient, but it's so funny to me. Just the little details in this movie that have, like, that are, like, fleshed out that, like, I see as an adult. I'm like, damn, that's hilarious. Like, yeah, that's kind of a dick move to only be open for one hour a day, every day. But, like, same Mrs. Deagle. I feel you on that. So Mrs. Deagle's in her house. She's crazy cat lady. Has 50,000 different cats in this fucking house. And she she's going to feed them. And then she hears, she's got one of those electric chairs that go up and down. And she's got, like, a little door for her cats to come in and out. Of course, a gremlin uses that. She doesn't see it. She hears car- Christmas carolers, and she hates Christmas carolers, because, like, fuck joy. We don't like that. Mrs. Deagle only exists to make money, and singing, that's not money. You can't make money off of singing, question mark, dubious statement. So she goes to grab a pitcher of water to just dump on these Christmas carolers, and it's just the fucking gremlins, and they're just, like, they're the best Christmas carolers. She freaks out, of course. She starts screaming. She's like, what are they? She locks her door, and then she immediately goes to, fuck, this is that Twilight Zone episode, <laughs> and I'm that lady, and she's like, they're after, they're here for me, and she's like, I'm not ready yet, so she sits down in her chair, and this is, like, the best part of this movie. She clicks the little button to go up the stairs, and the ones have already fucked with the chair, so she just accelerates and accelerates and accelerates all the way up the stairs, and eventually, this is... I mean, completely unrealistic, but she shoots out the top window and dies, (laughs) and it's the best. She falls, her chair with her in it falls right in front of the sheriff and the deputy as they're driving by, and then they turn, and they see this man just covered in gremlins who's pretending to be Santa, and he's just, like, struggling with these gremlins, and they do absolutely nothing to help him. They're just, like, staring, and they're like, that is so fucked up. Like, what is going on? But they don't help him and it's so funny because one of the gremlins is at eye level with them he's like right at the window and all, they literally just roll up the window and the gremlin's like ah, and they're just rolling up the window and they're like i'd like to go home now and so yes yeah, william shatner on a plane you're freaking fuck, gremlin on the wing that's how my phone get all tied in the first movie so they're 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 like they go forward they have not realized that the gremlin's fucked with their brakes something happens on the road they're trying to like stop of course they have no brakes they flip thank god they did not deserve to live and it's just chaos it's just absolute chaos we see Corey feldman is also like we get a shot of him holding down the fort at home he's like hitting gremlins with a slingshot and then there's a gremlin hanging off of the christmas lights on the like on the window above him and he just grabs some scissors and goes to cut that thing and you can hear the gremlin go don't cut don't cut (laughs) he just cuts him off and he's like "Ah!" and swings away just like utter chaos all throughout the town then we get the dory's tavern scene with the gremlins and i love this scene it took the longest for them to film it was a full week of filming and it's because they have so many moving gremlins in this scene And so you have, you needed a ton of puppeteers for this scene. And Joe Dante said, you know, by the time we were done, everything just smelled like beer and popcorn. All these gremlin puppets smelled like beer and popcorn. It was insane. And the actress who plays Kate, she was fed up. She was ready to go home because they only needed her really for most of this filming, (laughs) the section, and they weren't sure how much they would need her. So she was just there on hand, um, but like, they did this toward the end of production because they knew they would- they were, like, we're- we're gonna want to just, like, call it quits on this thing afterwards, so. Um, and as the gremlins are, like, doing everything they're doing, though, they're, they're, like, drinking all the beer, they're smoking a lot, there's popcorn everywhere, like Joe Dante said, there- there's all different kinds of gremlins doing all kinds of things, like, you've got, like, a smooth jazz gremlin, you've got poker-playing gremlins, and you've got, like- Che- like, Stripe's sitting there playing, and the gremlin next to him points out that the one gremlin's cheating, so he pulls out a gun and just shoots him in the head. <laughs> it's so good. And then you have all these different, you've got like a, a flasher gremlin, which is one of my favorites. Just crazy gremlin nonsense going on. Absolute chaos. And I'm like, poor Kate isn't even a paid worker at this place. <laughs> like, she just volunteered to work Christmas because she hates Christmas. She volunteered to work at this place because she likes the place. And this shit is happening. And she's, like, trying to give all the gremlins what they want. She's like, just don't bite me. And so she goes to um, lightest, light one of their cigarettes and notices they don't like the light on the fire of the match. So Kate puts, like, two and two together. She grabs um, a Polaroid with a light on it and starts <coughs> taking pictures. Hey. Hey. Thank you. She starts taking pictures of the gremlins with the flash going so she can get out of there. She gets, like, towards the very entrance and there's a burglar gremlin and he's got a gun and she's run out of, like, film or something. Camera's not flashing. And the gremlin is, like, pointing it at her. And she moves and he moves with her. And then she ducks at the last second and he shoots. And he hits the painting behind her. And then Billy pulls up right on time his lights are flashing into dory's tavern so all the gremlins are like ah so then he goes in and he gets kate and they try to leave via the volkswagen but it's suddenly not working anymore so they have to get out make a run for it they make it to the bank and then we get kate's screwed up story totally understand why she hates christmas like if i were her i'd probably hate christmas as well she got, like, a little bit of PTSD going on uh, with this story, too. She talks about how, you know, on Christmas, you know, a couple days before Christmas, their dad just didn't show up. They called the office. He wasn't there. They couldn't find him. They called the police. The police couldn't find him. He was gone for, like, he was missing for, like, five days. And then on Christmas Eve, she went to go light the fire in the fireplace. And she could smell something. So they called the fire department and the fire department broke into the chimney and they were she's like you know we were expecting them to pull out you know dead bird or a dead cat and they pulled out my dad um he had dressed up as santa and wanted to come down the chimney to surprise them and he slipped and he fell and he died um and that's why she hates christmas and for me like i didn't realize this was a scene for whatever reason until i was like maybe like 10 (laughs) And I'm like, what did I do before then? Because I saw this movie probably at, like, four or five years old. And I was like, did I just, like, mentally skip that part? Did I just block her out, tune her out? I'm like, oh, grown-ups talking. This is annoying. Like, get back to the part where the gremlins are destroying things. Like, I have no idea how this completely, like, went over my head as a child. Um, But, yeah, like, I don't remember this being a scene uh, until I got to be, like, ten years old. And then I was like... I should have known Santa wasn't real all those years because literally I love this movie and I watch it every year and without my parents, so it's not like they skip this scene. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, just mentally blocked that out as a child. Um, but from here, we move on to the movie scene where all the Grenlins are in the movie theater. They leave the bank. They're like, where are they? And he's like, they're probably somewhere dark and quiet. And so they're all in the movie theater somehow they get the reel going and it's Snow White and then we get them all singing along to Snow White um and this is where we get my favorite gremlin the Milk Duds gremlin like Stripe gets up to go get more stuff and the gremlin next to him is like Milk Duds (laughs) and my mom is a Milk Duds fiend like we always have Milk Duds in our house because she loves Milk Duds and like if she's on the couch and she already has like a drink and I get up to go get something, and she's like, Hey, Hannah, can you get me something? Nine times out of ten, it's Milk Duds. And so I, I like, always go, Milk Duds, whenever she asks me to go get them. And I'm like, I told her one day, I was like, I'm gonna be, like, 80 one day, watching this movie with my grandkids. This gremlin is gonna go, Milk Duds! And I'm just gonna start crying. And and my grandkids are gonna be like, Why are you crying, Grandma? And I'm gonna be like, It's my mom! And they're gonna be so fucking (laughs) confused. But anyway... Stripe finds that there are no more goodies in the movie theater. He sees some in the convenience store across the street, so that's where he goes. The gremlins are having a party, watching Snow White, and Billy's like, where's the boiler room? So they go to the boiler room, he releases the gas, kind of sets a big long rag on fire leading into the boiler room so they have some time to leave um the gremlins of course find them there's this tense chase scene they manage to lock the gremlins in the theater and run away in time for the theater to fucking explode and i was like i can't imagine going to my local theater and making it explode um like i just i can't imagine doing that like that would not be the first thought in my head like maybe setting it on fire but they make it fucking explode (laughs) And Stripe's at the convenience store when it blows up. He turns and candy just like falls out of his mouth and he's like, (laughs) ah. And then we get more gizmo caca, which is the best. Stripe runs into the convenience store. Billy's like, we got to stop him before he gets to water or it's just going to, it's going to start all over again. So they break into the convenience store too. They got to split up gang. Billy gets a bat and he goes to go fight Stripe kate and gizmo they go to find lights um we get these cool this there's like a ton of cool little sequences in this one where stripes like they're playing cat and mouse a little bit and it's kind of terrifying because stripe really does kind of have the upper hand like he's got claws he's got teeth i mean billy has teeth but they're not like they're not like stripes plus stripe is small and uh He's very wily, so, and he's very murdery, and Billy is not very murdery, so Stripe definitely, he's got the upper hand. He walks, Billy walks through the convenience store, and there's, like, this wall of TVs, and Stripe appears on one of them, and he bashes it in just because it startles him, and then he's on all of them, and he realizes, oh, he must be in front of the camera around the corner, so he runs over there, and Stripe's already gone. Again, you get a lot of chase sequences in here. Um... There's like a scene where Stripe is just constantly throwing stuff at Billy and he throws a saw blade so hard that it sticks like three quarters of the way into the wall. There's like the saw blades like this big and there's like this much of it sticking out of the wall. And I was like, damn, son, he fucking he's got an arm that kid can throw Uh, Kate's in. The, like, department store, like, I don't know. I, I guess you would call it main hub, main control room. Um, and she's trying to figure out how to turn on the lights. She's getting different things to work. Hey, 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 hey. Thank you. But none of the things that she's getting to work are the lights. So Giz leaves to try and go help Billy. And Kate's still there trying to, like, get stuff done. Gizmo notices that the sun is out. And in the meantime... Billy is fighting for his life against Stripe. Stripe's got like a crossbow he's shooting little darts at him then he gets a chainsaw like a tiny ass chainsaw and runs at Billy with the chainsaw and luckily Billy has that bat and it just eats through that thing like ugh. So finally Kate rips into the control panel like a fucking bear and starts just hitting lights she's like everything is getting turned on I don't know what, what does so like we're just turning on everything and it turns on all the lights. Stripe pulls, he's like, ah, bright light. The chainsaw takes him away because it's still moving and he's not, like, heavy enough to, <laughs> to stop it from moving. So the teeth are just eating into the floor, dragging him away. Um, and uh, he, at the same time, like, Billy gets back up. Giz finds himself a cute little car to drive around. And he's, like, very Clark Gable inspired. He's like, super, super cute. Um, we get uh, Billy's dad is finally coming back into town notices everything is fucked we get Rock and Ricky saying that the marines are on standby with fire hoses and I'm like bitch no (laughs) that's the worst thing to be on standby with Um, luckily there's only one gremlin and he's being taken care of at the moment but like literally 30 minutes earlier that would have been horrible Um, Stripe sees that There's a fountain with water coming out of it. And he goes, glub, glub, motherfucker. And goes over to get it. He also sees a gun and he's like, ooh, a gun. And grabs the little gun. Runs over to the fountain. Is about to stick his finger in it. Um, And of course, he's got the gun pointed at Billy. So Billy's like, not gonna fuck with that. Um, Giz takes his little car and like somehow manages to like jump it over Stripe. And next to the control for the blinds pulls on the blinds the blinds come down so they're just shining on stripe and i have to tell you that that fucking scene haunted me as a child that skeleton the way his eyes start melting his face starts melting everything just starts melting and he falls into the water and then the skeleton does the last jump scare and jumps out of the water and it's literally just striped skeleton, like gurgling and sputtering until it like just melts. It's disgusting. And as a ki- and I love it, but as a kid, that thing freaked me out. It haunted all of my dreams, like all of them, every single one of them. Um, so after all the all everything's died down, we get the news. You know, Billy's at home. Kate's there. Gizmo's there. Mom's there. Dad's there. Barney's there. We get the news talking about a Christmas riot. And I love that. Like, they just, they, someone just decided to start a Christmas riot. Yeah, man. Like, it just happened. Weird. Sleepy little town. Fuck Christmas. Um, they're standing there, and the, the, the Chinese grandpa just walks in. Just walks right into their house. And Rand's like, oh, this is the guy I bought, you know, the mugwai from. The Chinese guy looks down, sees Gizmo watching TV, and he's like, you teach him to watch TV? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the thing you're mad about? Like so many people died tonight and you're like, I can't believe that you let him watch TV. Now I got to put up with him wanting to watch TV. Um, but then Rand gets the real lecture after that, you know, your, your culture just doesn't appreciate nature's gifts, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, He's about to leave with Giz, and then Giz knocks on the box, and the Chinese man is like, he wants to say something to you, (laughs) pointing to Billy, and Billy's like, oh, you can understand him? And he's like, yeah. He's like, to, you know, to listen, one only has to, you know, to understand, one only has to listen or whatever. So then Gizmo pops out and gives a bye, Billy. Hi, Geek. And, uh, how you doing, Geek? Hope you're doing well. He He pops out, says bye, Billy, goes back in the box. And uh, the Chinese grandpa is like, you know, maybe you one day will be ready for Mugwai. And then Rand comes up and offers him a smokeless ashtray, which is one of his inventions that doesn't work. And I was like, this guy is like, I can't tell if he's nice or if he's just stupid. Like, I love Rand Peltzer. He's a great character. But I'm like, why would you offer this to the Chinese guy? But the Chinese guys, he's he's very sweet. He's very grateful. Um, and then... As he's walking away with the Mugwai, Gremlins see it through the eyes of Moon. It's a fucking good movie. It's a beautiful movie. As the Chinese man's walking away, we get the outro, which is just a monologue by Rand, and it's a really, really good outro. Um, Like, I just think the actor's voice and then also the way he delivers the lines... They both add up to it being very memorable, very good. And then we get the fun Gremlins theme song that is literally like, I don't know, to me it coexists with Christmas. Um, Same, Sammy, same. Love Gremlins. Uh, Great movie. Like I said, a lot of good effects. All of it's practical. They use puppets or they use stop animation. They don't do any CGI. I mean, it's 1984. Um, But like I said, Chris Columbus, he's he's got a script ri- he's got a script written for Gremlins 3 he he really wants to do it there's just a bunch of issues with rights at the moment I guess so they're sussing that out um and K- Gizmo's Rambo was hilarious yeah that was in Gremlins 2 Love that um so hopefully Gremlins 3 will be a thing hopefully soon because I've been waiting for it since like 2010 it was announced I think the first time um but Chris Columbus said if if he's involves, he's gonna he's written it he wants to direct it he's like there's not going to be any cgi or if there is it's going to be very minimal he's like i'd rather use the practical puppets and all that good stuff uh gremlins 2 like i said not really a horror film more of a comedy very satirical gizmo shows up as rambo um and that was more or less a joe dante thing chris columbus would have rather it been more horror geared Um, The original script for Gremlins, the original storyline for Gremlins was more horrific and gory and terrifying and dark. Um, But because of budget constraints, they decided to go a completely different direction. Um, So yeah, Gremlins, 1984, third highest grossing movie that year, which is impressive considering the lineup. Um, Gremlins was actually a small cultural phenomenon. Nobody expected it to be as popular as it was part of it was because of gizmo part of it was because the tone of the movie had had to change um fun fact there was actually a there was two gremlins rides one of them was in germany one of them is in australia um and the one i think in germany has alf in it Um, If you know who that is, you'll be very confused. If you don't know who that is, you're going to Google it and then be very confused. And then the other Gremlins ride has Beetlejuice in it, which is also equally weird, (laughs) but maybe a little less confusing. I don't really know because Beetlejuice kind of fits that tone more than Alf does. Um, But yeah, the German... So basically, it was called... I think it was called the Great Movie Ride. Um, Basically... the one in Germany you're supposed to be watching clips that are like um they're outtakes and then the gremlins take over the studio Alf and Gizmo help you escape the great movie ride over in Australia same storyline except Beetlejuice and Gizmo try to help you escape and you can actually find videos of those rides on YouTube fun fact so um very very strange but That's how big Gremlins was. It was big enough that it got its own (laughs) rides in different parks around the world. There was also a small Gremlin statue. I don't know if it's still there. Or, not a statue, a puppet. One of the Gremlin puppets from the movie was actually, it was in a glass case at Disney's Hollywood Studios or MGM, whatever you want to call it, Um, for a little while. It was in one of their gift shops. I don't know if it's still there or not. A lot of things have changed um, at Hollywood Studios since I last went. Um. Last time I went, the Gremlin was there, but like I said, it was probably, oh man, probably a decade and a half ago that I last went to Hollywood Studios, so, um, yeah, but that's Gremlins, uh, Sammy, I'm sorry you came in at the end, but highly encourage you to go back if you want to know more Gremlins facts, weird Gremlin things, uh, we talk about the origin of the word Mugwai, um, and just kind of go over different things, so, like i said this is one of my favorite movies from when i was a kid um haunt haunted me uh had a lot of gremlin related nightmares as a child um and i wasn't so much afraid of the dark as, as i was afraid of gremlins being in the dark um specifically gremlins like you could be like there's a bear in that dark cave and i'd be like whatever but if you're like there's a gremlin in that closet i'd be like fuck that i'm out of here um just went off to sell folks in the country the ghoulies yeah basically. Uh, so, yeah, that's the Gremlins. Um, highly recommend it. It's literally one of my favorite Christmas movies. It is not Christmas until I've watched Gremlins. Also, JR, that's the winning comment in the chat of the day. Alf sure loved pussy. <laughs> and a lot of people who don't know Alf are very confused right now. Like I said, just look it up. Be more confused. Go look it up. Um, Hi, Jada. Yeah, thank you guys for being here. Appreciate you all very much. Kind of a shorter stream because it's more of a podcast episode. I'll be uploading the audio directly onto Spotify, uploading it onto YouTube. Thank you, Cat Talk. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate that. Appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you guys engaging in the chat, even though I can't engage as much with the podcast because then I get too sidetracked. Like, the whole midnight thing. Still have so many questions about that. Uh. Did that shop have goimon? Oh, I haven't looked at that yet, Grill 10. I need to. Um, I My brain functions on, like, 4% right now because I've been sick for, like, 5 days. Um, but I need to look into that. Yes. I was wanted 1 2. They could catch him. Time to stop him. Yeah, I think there is, like... I think there is a bit about that in the Germany one, but it's all in German, so I have no idea. Uh, but you can find... I, I don't think I've ever found footage of... The, the Gremlins ride in Australia with Beetlejuice, but there is footage of the ALF one in Germany. Um, last I checked. So, worth checking out just because it's cool Gremlins nonsense. They have tons of animatronic Gremlins in this, like, back lot of this quote-unquote studio just doing Gremlin things. So, um, a lot of fun there. I'm very excited for Gremlins 3 if they ever get that out. Um, I would love that. I've been waiting forever. <laughs> I will wait forever. I don't mind. But I would like to see it before I die, man. Because, I mean, Gremlins is a classic. It's a favorite. Um, I feel like less people know about it in these times. But since there's a big nostalgia for the 80s, this would kind of be the perfect time to bring it back. Um, Because Gremlins was so popular in the 80s. Um, Even my mom, who didn't like horror movies or anything like that, she she knows mug why she watches gremlins with me um she had like a little gizmo so the munchies and the hobgoblins and the gremlins uh but thank you guys very much that'll be it for today um hopefully i'm gonna get another podcast out soon i want to do it i want to have it more scheduled this was supposed to happen tuesday night um but because of my sickness i didn't do it tuesday night um he made the Gremlin, Michael Winston. They have, um, so in the credits, they have um, Frank Welker. He's also part of the Gremlin Noises. There's like six different people who are credited with the different noises. Um, furries would love the Gremlins. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect time. Nostalgia for 80s. There's tons of furries. They'd fucking love Gremlins. Just do Gremlins 3 already. It'll make a lot of money, I swear. <laughs> swear on me, Mom. Um. Uh, but hopefully next time I will have more of a heads up about when I'm going to do it. Like I said, I was supposed to do it Tuesday and then I got super sick. Um, still a little sick, but what do you do for a living? I make noises. Honestly, that's the best job. That's like, um, what's his face? Got hired to come in and do the lion roaring for the Lion King. Dude made bank and can be like, yeah, I was part of Lion King. Literally, he just picked up a trash can and was, like, roaring into this trash can for sound effects. (laughs) They need a horror movie with Furbies. They actually have a game that uh, is basically a horror game with Furbies. I forget what it's called. Um, How was the documentary on your people? (laughs) It was great, (laughs) Reigen. Unfortunately, Reigen's not, like, far off. That's kind of why I liked Gremlins when I was a kid. The whole Dory's Tavern scene fucking love that scene the gremlins like dancing the one freaking uh the the flasher so good just so good if you have never seen gremlins go watch gremlins like i said it's one of my favorite christmas movies maybe a little bit of nostalgia rose tinted glasses there but it's fine um very very fun tattletale that's it thank you sammy yes tattletale um that is the one uh that's like a it's basically like a furry uh, furry furby, excuse me. Furby horror game. And I think it's funny because it's very like cultish, which is what you would expect if Furbies ever started moving, or like this is demonic cult shit, like not into it. But Tattletale, yeah, that's basically yeah. A Furby horror game. So there you go, JR. Look into that. Pretty good. Uh, thank you guys so much though. Hope you guys are having a wonderful December, and I hope you guys have a lovely Christmas, a lovely New Year, lovely Hanukkah, whatever it is that you're celebrating. Um, but I will see you hopefully next time, hopefully sooner than whatever the last one was, like a month, I think, between this and the last podcast. But um, the next one, I already have a decision on it. I, there's two that I want to talk about, one that I really want to talk about, and then one that I also... It's, it's up there. It's up there, but you guys have a lovely lovely day lovely christmas lovely new year's eve hopefully i'll see you guys soon as far as podcast goes i'll probably do some gaming later tonight or tomorrow but um as far as podcast goes it'll be a couple weeks but you guys have a lovely time